How's it going, everybody? Uh, welcome to The Invincible Principle. As usual, I am the amazing Brennan. And I'm the spectacular spider, Andrew. I'm, I'm Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> We're using our made-up names. Okay, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brennan the Viking, then. <laughs> uh, today on The Invincible Principle, we're going to talk about Volume 6. Three's Company. Brennan the Viking. Uh, we're going to talk about Volume 6, A Different World. Ooh. It's a, it's and that's actually the right name this time. I thought it was called Three's Company. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's A Different World. Pretty sure it's called Three's Company. Google it right now. Technical difficulties. Oh <laughs> Come on, fucking get it. Different <laughs> world. I am eating shit. Yeah, okay. Let's try the next one's called Three's Company. I'm an asshole. Yeah, okay. So this is a different world. A different world. Uh, I like this volume a lot. I like this volume a lot more than the last one because, again, my sum up of the last volume was that it felt like the if you hadn't been reading Invincible to this point, jump on book. Yeah. Because it was a big sum up of a bunch of shit. That's why we spent so long talking about it because we ragged on it for. <laughs> yeah, we pretty yeah we pretty much just like man, like I love Invincible, but man, this book was a chore. Yeah. Where this was the opposite. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I have only one gripe in this book, and it's and it comes right at the beginning, so that's great. Yeah. Which is what is with Kirkman and the gay jokes. Oh, yeah. That was fucking weird. I was like, there's a part where he, like, William and him were talking, and I'm like, what the f Oh, no, it's actually later. It happens way, way later. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying it was the beginning. I'm an idiot. Yeah. But no, okay, maybe we'll... The start of the comic is well, when they're in the comic shop, and they're ripping on... Uh, they're ripping on long-running series. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the guy's talking about how, like, how shit Science Dog has become, basically, mm -hmm. and how predictable and stuff like that. And then... It's like, I love Science Mark's Dog. Like, yeah, it's a freaking great book, him. man. And he goes, like, yeah, I only have, like, three people who even get on their pull list anymore. And then he makes a comment, and then Mark's like, hey, I thought you didn't read it. And he's like, no, I'm one of the three guys. Like, I don't want to throw it. I don't want to, like, get rid of my run. <laughs> and I was just, I just laugh. As a comic book nerd, I'm just like, no, that's that's good. There have been a couple of books where I'm just like, I'm just going to stick on to it because there's, like, six, six issues left. Yeah. And I just don't want it to fucking... <laughs> I don't want to have, like, all but the last six issues. <laughs> that's fair, too. I mean, that's totally fair. Man, you know what? I, I want to take a second just to talk about comic book pull lists. Like, I know it's a weird yeah, year off. I know we're doing that. But, like, like I haven't really gone to the comic shop in a long time. But at the same time, I mean, like, I... He doesn't have a pull list for you anymore. Uh, you know, there's no way. No. that Like, <laughs> is it, it's still Mighty Comics. Oh, yeah. Mighty Comics yep. on Corden, man. It's still a hallmark of Winnipeg's comic scene. I'm going to go there tomorrow after work. Yeah, pick up know, my books. But my pull list is gone. It's fucking, it's fucking gone. Oh, yeah. You've been there in, like, yeah, like two know. years. It's because, like, I used to read Walking Dead and, and Invincible. Those were my ongoing monthly books. And then, like, I had, like, Saga on there. And, like, I had, like, anything Jason Aaron was up to and, like, some other Kirkman stuff. And then eventually a lot of books became limited edition or limited runs. And then some would go on long hiatuses. And then Walking Dead and Invincible wrapped up. And... Then I had life go really tits up in a lot of very varieties of ways. <laughs> and so my pull list have evaporated. But, like, the culture behind the comic book pull list is, like, it's the reason to go to the store. And usually most people have one or two books in your pull list that, like, you're really excited. Like, that's why you have a list. And then all these other little, like, books that get popped on there are kind of, like, the fodder to sort of, like... Because each week there's going to be a new book, you know? So it's kind of... Yeah, some of them are going to flesh out your... I'm having some, flash, you know, I'm having flashbacks right now to like going in and being like, ah, oh, fuck, I got like Nightwing 
and like Batman, <laughs> Batgirl. And don't oh, talk about the dead. new Fifty Two. It'll happen again. I know. I don't want. Yeah, that's when I jumped onto DC is New yeah. Fifty Two. As like, a guy who is constantly like, but like Saga, Saga yeah. was great, and like the humans. Saga's not over. I know. I know. I got to catch up too. But, yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's coming back. That's like the only book that would, would still be going that I'm subscribed to. Yeah. You know, maybe like the humans is done. Requiem's is done. Eh? It's yeah. over. Right? Wow. I think so. I haven't heard of another volume. Or Dave! <laughs> Sorry. That's a troubled book that we could do a whole other well, podcast yeah. on. We could talk about the rise and fall of Rat Queens. The <laughs> yeah. tragedy of Rat Queens. The tragedy know? of Rat Queens. Uh, but no, I know exactly what you mean. Um, there are definitely... I um, usually try to keep about five books on my pull list. I'm always more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some series on my pull list that like come and go. Like, um, like Jim Henson's Storytellers puts out like four issues every year kind of yeah. thing um, and like because I'm on the X like I follow every X book in the X-Men Marvel Universe basically yeah, yeah. Um, and those like some sometimes those are just five issues sometimes those are like ten issues and then they just kill it like some of them have like short runs on purpose so yeah. like I just blanket get all of them because they paint a really cohesive picture DC, on the other hand, like, I'm not on a single DC book right That's now. fair. Or, I mean, you could also accidentally or have bought 22 issues of Thief of Thieves before you realize you don't give a fuck <laughs> at all. Way to bring it back to Kirkman. I like it. Uh, right, right. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I totally get what you mean about pull list. Yeah, there's a culture behind having a pull list, but it's the reason you go to the shop and, like, it's it's kind of nice to like you have your your uncensored weekly stories. Or like once a month, you're gonna get that book you know you've been waiting for. But like every week in between that is like a little a little tide over, a couple of books to keep you going. Maybe it's a superhero story. Maybe it's an original run by some like you know writer that you know you're gonna like, like Brian Wood or Jason Aaron or uh, or uh, fucking Jeff Lemire. Yeah, you know whatever. If you're into Jeff Lemire, for sure. And like it's, that's cool. And like I, I miss that about comic books because now when like I hear about a great story, I just like ask you if you have that run because I haven't really bought like single issues in such a long time. Yeah. You know we're like I know the next book that I need to catch up on is going to be Saga because like I I got that weekly and I love that book and I haven't read it in a while. And I know there's like a new run. Pullists, man. There is. Uh, there's Pull- not a new run yet. No, but there's, there's going to be. There right? will be. Yeah, yeah okay. they do apparently still plan to finish. Brian K. Vaughn. But yeah, there we go. Sorry. No, <laughs> you know? I, I 100% agree with you, man. And. I'm one of those guys that's always adding, like, my comic book guy hates me a little bit because I'm always adding and pulling stuff from my list. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, fair. I mean, like, constantly. But, like, I, I try one... to follow what's coming out. And, like, I always grab the pre- like the Marvel previews and stuff like that to see what's coming out so I can add stuff. Comic shop news. Uh, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. But Honestly, I, know what you mean, man. I, like, I remember at one point I had, like, 18 books on my list. And I was like, I should not have been spending that much money on comic yeah. books. Yeah, they add up after a while, too. Like, yeah, they do. I go... I go every at least two weeks because mm-hmm. if I go if I let it sit longer than two weeks I usually have like a $50 day that's nuts yeah that's how they get the money though that's how they do it you know there was a time during during the pandemic where I didn't go for like two months so when I went it was 150 bucks but I walked out <laughs> of there with like a massive stack of comic yeah. books right? I can just, just picture you now going to the shop and being him and James being like so when's uh, fucking Brennan coming in? You're like, uh, he like moved towns because yeah. his life has gone horribly. He's not coming in. And then him just like, just etching my name off the pull list. <laughs> so he's, like, he's not coming in anymore. I mean, I'm he like, was yeah. happy with it though because then he didn't have to pull those books for you anymore. Yeah, it's true. And like, I don't even remember what my pull list would have been fucking been at this point. Yeah. Saga. I'm, I'm back in for Saga. I gotta read Saga. <laughs> Speaking of saga, yeah, anyway, yeah, let's jump back to the. Uh, that. We're, yeah. we're uh, that was gonna little... leap right into the saga of Rexplode and Multicate. 
Yeah. Duplicate. Duplicate. You filthy casual. No, we're going to multicate yeah. and duplicate. <laughs> yeah, how about Multiplicity with Michael Keaton? Um, <laughs> love movie. that movie. Great movie, right? Uh, but no. Uh, hey, Doug. <laughs> we'll talk about what we see next after this, like, really tongue-in-cheek, like, exchange between... Oh, yeah. <laughs> between the comic book nerds and... <laughs> between yeah. Mark and the comic book shop owner. Um... We see Rex explode. Just reacting. Basically. Just reacting, and we don't know quite to what yet. Uh, we find out a couple, couple panels later that it's to fucking <laughs> duplicate to duplicate and the immortal. Yeah. <laughs> fucking just like duplicate and Rex did. He's like, oh, but there's more than yeah. The notable thing is, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we see Rex's face. Yeah, I think he hasn't really shown his face for a while to like specifically to show that he's got red hair. We see him like we see like his mask ripped and stuff, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time we see him completely maskless. Yeah, also because like I think there's a little retconning here too because like Kirkman basically not I think it does it, it may not be in this volume, but it comes up later where it's like Rex admits that he dyes his hair black for a little while. That's why when the first yeah. time you see him. A bit of his hair come out during a fight. It's black. She's like, "Yeah, I dyed it black for a bit. I'm really a redhead." Yeah. To just like, and he just gets retconned really quickly. Like he's a redhead. But yeah. Yeah. Then the important thing that follows this is that he goes and seeks. I don't know why he does this, but he goes and seeks. Uh, I think he just runs the console of robot. Yeah. He just kind of robot happens to be there. Yeah. Because there's like a dialogue later on. Robots <laughs> like oh, Rex is like just always hanging around. Yeah. And so he's annoyed to have run into him, and then like yeah, Rex uh, gets. That and weird. He steals. Uh, he steals his DNA. His DNA, which like, okay, in the show it's like a little tiny needle. In the book, I'm like, holy fuck, that's like a fucking gaper. I think he just they, like stabs him with a stick. I'm like, oh my god. I think they. Um, I think the reason they make it a little bigger though is so that you can see it. Yeah, so you can tell it's like, ooh, you got some DNAs there. Um, but while that's all happening, we also it's also interspersed with scenes of Mark. Interacting with Science Dog of all characters. Yeah, his like favorite comic book character. I mean, we very quickly find out it's not him. Well, yeah, but yeah, he just like you see, he goes to see Ma, and like, you know, Mom and him are talking about shit. You can tell that Deborah's still sort of nursing the bottle a little bit here and there. Yeah, you can tell that she's like a little like in the bag, but like not drunk, but kind of just a little snippy. You know, and it's like, oh, okay, you've been drinking that. But yeah. like then you know, Mark has to head off because immediately he's yeah contacted by some, which. I can tell when Science Dog appears on the frame, too. This was, like, a next month you'll get to see why Science Dog is there. Where, like, as a reader, I would have been like, what the fuck? That f-? was All right. very clearly the end of an issue, yeah, for I, sure. I would have been mad. I would have been like, ah, fuck. I feel like nothing happened. I'd just be like, okay, so, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, next month, oh, there's Science Dog. Mark and him have this, like, spat. And then you find out, yeah, it's not actually Science Dog. It's this bug. Yeah, this it's... weird blue-ass bug. I don't... Do we ever find out the name of the species? I think they're called, like, like Roclars or something, or Roclanes or something. Like, I, don't think they, I don't think they use that word yeah, in not this really. volume. Maybe later. Yeah, I think there's... They, they get given a name eventually, yeah. because for some reasons. But yeah, you find out the, like, oh... Yeah, I do like that Cecil's like, hey, Mark, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Uh, you can't do this. Okay, I know this guy's asking for help. Like on his planet, but like you don't even know if they're telling the truth, and like we don't, we can't help you, and like what if like they're, they're fucking lying? He's like, well, I'm gonna do the right thing and go help. And he's like, Mark, Mark, I need you to not, nope, Mark, yeah. uh, okay, he's uh, he's gone. The thing that the <laughs> thing that I thought you were gonna bring up here, because this is fairly on, this is fairly early in the book, is that Cecil, again, Kirkman dates himself, 
Cecil is like, this is really retarded. Oh, yeah, he says the Yeah, he drops word. retarded. I'm like, yeah. what? Like, That's just retarded. I'm like, aww. I'm like, man, you hate yourself. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's like things you were like, it's not... The... I scratched my head. I haven't shaved my head in a while. This is a, this is a good look, huh? Well, that's a... Mo- that's the lo- most Harrison you have in years. I know, we're... I right. think it's funny. I know. Personally. I just haven't shaved in a while. But no, um, yeah, it's... It's funny, like, like, when it comes to comic books, it's weird that, like, there isn't more rules on stuff like that, you know, like, it's kind of an uncensored realm, like, that's another thing about comic books, it's, it's one of the last realms that are unrated, like, it really, like, they'll maybe have, like, a mature stamp on a comic book, but, like, most of the time, you don't know when all of a sudden some gore or nudity is gonna pop up on the next, like, fucking page, like, yeah, comic books are kinda cool for that, but, like, yeah, in this, like, no one's really telling Kirkman, hey, you can't use that word, man, like, that's not fucking cool, that's especially the time that this happened. Yeah, this is like I always forget Invincible's pretty old. Like it's it came out in like like this would have been written around like I'm guessing 2007 or eight, maybe. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure. Like it's a long time ago. So like some of those kinds of lines kind of get away with. But yeah, Cecil uses the R word. It's not cool. <laughs> As Mark flies off into space to disobey orders. Yeah, I, and I mean to be fair, Cecil does make a point. Yeah. That like, invin- like I mean, that Mark you. is yeah Mark is. The world's protector. He's like, I pay you to be here, and you're fucking off. I need you to not do this. He's like, I'm pulling rank on you. He's like, Mark, you're not gonna budge in this, are you? He's like, okay, dude. <laughs> and Mark's like, fuck you, bye. Yeah. Um, which is great. Um, and I love that it's like a six-day trip. And he takes nothing to entertain himself or anything at all. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> he's just you bored. It's like, oh, God. Um, but there's a part that... Six of your Earth days. Is... Uh, there's six days there, and there's part where he, like, flies off and does this. Uh, so Cecil has to go talk to Debbie about it. And, like, there's a part where Debbie, like, it bugs me a little bit. Because, like, she tells Cecil that she's getting her real estate license mm-hmm. um, so that she can sell houses. And he's like, oh, well, if you're wanting to make money, I could have helped you. And then she just hauls off and slaps him because she's thinking, she thinks he's talking about, like, fucking her. Yeah. And I'm like, he has never given you any kind of indication of that. He's literally, like, cracking a joke because you can see he's got this big smile on his face and you guys were talking about how you needed a job. And then she just hauls off and smacks him and is like, not on your fucking life. And he's just like, whoa, like, I was going to say you could come work in, like, we have offices, like, you could come and be, like, an office manager, like, the fuck did you think I was talking about? Yeah. I'm just like, why did she jump to that? That's the funny thing, too. You, you didn't like that bit at all. Eh? I just found it out of place. I fucking laughed out loud. I thought it was really funny that she just slaps him, and he's like, oh, fuck! Also, because the art's really funny to it, too. Yeah. But like, I think it's because, like, look, okay, Deborah has not been hit on by anyone for a while, and, like, no one flew up into space, and she, like, needs to feel... She probably was, like, you know... She's like, you can't have any of this. And he's like, I wasn't assuming that. She's like, yes, you were. No, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. No, no, no. This point's going nowhere. I thought it was just funny. I don't know. I don't know why. I thought it was really fucking hilarious. Especially, like, his rebuttal, too, when he's just like, I haven't actually been out in the field in many years. That kind of took me back. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, awesome. Yeah. Because, like, also, I forgot that happened. So, like, when I read this and I turned the page and she smacks him, I couldn't help find it funny. I was like, oh, that's kind of hilarious. I mean, like, I get... Like, like, Cecil Stedman, how could you... He's like, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I did not imply... I didn't even mean to imply that. Yeah, and, like, I get that. But, like, at the same time, too, I'm just like... 
Did you, why why did her brain immediately go there when there's been like no indication? Because that's that's Kirkman. Kirkman I is Deborah. S- Kirkman is Deborah, and Deborah's Kirkman. That's right. I found it to be that. a little sloppy writing. That's all. Sure. And that's the thing too. It's like I think it's like I used to think like Kirkman was kind of a god when it came to writing characters like this. But like looking back, sure, his, his writing is a little dated here and there. Like he and you can tell like it is volume six of Invincible, and he's just kind of now starting to really lock down the rhythm of how this book should flow. Because like admittedly, it's sort yeah. of a little like a little, it's a little sloppy up to this point. I got to say, I almost hate to say that about Invincible as a comic book, but like it's a little sloppy up to this point. That's fair. You know, like there's like there's some good fights and stuff, and some of the world building is sort of a little bit tacked on here, there, and then fleshed out later on. And like some of the characters start to really find their feel. Like the Mahler twins get a lot of little spots here and there. And yeah. Like, I actually find I enjoyed them more this time than I ever have. Yeah. We're like in the show. I like them from episode one onward. I'm like these guys are cool. But, like, this is where I start to really get their joke. He can start, yeah. yeah. Well, this is also where um, we kind of see the culmination of some of the character building he's been doing over the last few, like, especially with uh, with Ryan Otley. Yeah. Um, we really get to see kind of the culmination of some of the world building that they did together. Um, especially when Mark flies off to this planet and finds what he finds there. Which finds what does he find? Andrew? Rip that fucking band-aid What does he find off. there? He finds dead. He finds dead. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's he finds dead. Nolan. Yeah, and he's like, I'm on this planet where uh, there an entire like era of people will die out in nine months because they're really sexy blue bug people that, that yeah. age fast. And they're so, like, insectors. I just became their king by being the oldest thing here. Yeah, and I I, I really appreciate that. Like, like that was what. Like how they decided that he was king. He didn't have to kill anybody. He just. Yeah, just like your oldest. Yeah, All right. that's how they decide who the leader is. The oldest person is the leader because everybody on that planet will be dead in nine months, replaced by a new generation. And yeah. so they're just they're insects. They just age that way. Um, but that's they also kind of have this really neat aspect to them that they've evolved, and that's like when they're sitting down to learn something. They have like almost an instant like knowledge transfer between the person that's teaching them. They just like know how to do it right away. Yeah, yeah. Which is so cool. It's true. It makes sense. Like they're like they have a colony kind of thing going on. Like yeah. uh, it's like an ant farm mentality. But like, they all get it. Can you? I, I'm going to ask you a very serious question. Sure. Man. Why does Nolan Grayson have to fuck everything? Yeah, it's a little. You know. <laughs> it's like, geez, it's kind of like Peter Quill's dad ego. He's like, you really yeah. have to like fuck every alien, but also like, yeah, Nolan's a perv. Yeah, like, <laughs> we find out very shortly. We find out very shortly that Nolan A has a new wife there because he's king, so he has to have a wife. Which I get that, um, but he also has a baby. I think that's another thing too. I didn't actually like. I guess before this, I had assumed that Viltrumites just do this. They just mate with, with like. With races on planets, just for, yeah. like, but they don't do that. They they like don't want to taint their bloodline. Yeah, yeah, they don't they don't like tainting their bloodline. So like, no one deciding to like procreate with other species is just kind of a thing he does. Yeah. So yes, why the fuck does no one have, yeah, to, fuck no one have to fuck everything? Because maybe no one is an absent-minded father and husband, and he <laughs> should take more responsibility for his actions and stop spreading his seed all over southern Canada. That space, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, right right at the end of that, that <coughs> issue where we meet Nolan, or Fuck where we see Nolan again, mm-hmm. um, and he explains like why he left and like why he didn't, like why he actually left, and, yeah, and stuff like that, which is very touching. Like he's like, oh, I loved you, and, 
Like, I had to leave because they'll come and kill you. Yeah, if I stayed, I'd have to kill you, so I, I didn't want to kill you, so I left. Yeah. That's kind of how he puts it. It's very simple. He's just like, if I leave you here, there's one Viltrumite still on the, on the planet, so maybe they would, like, see that. Yeah. He sort of, like, tries to, like, justify his decisions using, like, what would be the worst-case scenario for Viltrumite law? Well, how yeah. can I get away with making this work out for me? If I offer a less, you know, developed planet as a substitute, maybe they won't punish me as badly for, you know... You know for that was the thing, too. That was uh, the point I life. was about to make, is that he goes to this planet because he knows he can conquer it so easily, um, and he plans to operate up instead of Earth to kind of appease the Ultramites. Yeah. Um, and, like, either give them more time or not kill them or whatever. Um... Like, check out those bug people, was... man. They learn stuff really fast. He builds stuff for us. Yeah, it's and good, like, right? he didn't have to conquer them. He just had to be there. Yeah, he just showed up. He's like, got yeah. it. It's like, yeah, I'm like Back 500 years old. They're like, oh, God, you're our king now. <laughs> He's like, wow, you should rule our planet. Rule me, like, space daddy. So that easy. Um, just but like, yeah. I'm going through a lot of stuff right now. What's your hottest alien bug person? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's this one. And then what, Anesthesia once, or some shit. Once, uh, once they show his kid, they cut back to Earth. His what? His kid. I his what? Like four times. His, yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, then they cut back to Earth and we see a conversation. Well, a little before that, we see a conversation with Robot and a dude in a jar. Yeah, what's is, up with that? No, we saw the jar dude last time. Yeah, but we, we get like an actual yeah, interaction between him and a robot. The robot's talking to this jar guy. You know, yeah. this, this weird jar dude, which I'm not going to spoil the His name is Expresso. It's Expresso! Uh, but no, like, we find out, like, you know, at that point, we know for sure that that. Dude is like robot. That's robot. Is he? Yeah. We've, we Did we that reveal that? Because he's all like, he's like, once I have this plan of mine, phase two, I won't need your services anymore. I don't know why you're like, I don't know why you're trying to like duck it. Like we know. It's, is he? They they explain that in like the I think issue before that they imply that. I swear that's a reveal. Like later <sighs> on, we're like he's like you're you're meant to think like are these two guys working together like robots working with guy in the jar? I definitely did not get that impression. I got from that this. Vibe from the I got the impression I that he was that. running him. A hundred percent. Well, I know we know that. Well, yeah, but well, also, also at this, I feel like it's super heavily implied. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and read the exact dialogue, but I remember there being oh. a moment while I'm reading this where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where he said it. That's fair. Maybe it's left up to interpretation, because like when I was reading, I thought, maybe Kirkman was trying to go for a vibe here where it's like you're meant to think that robot serves this guy. The first time I, the first time I read it, like the very first time I read it, I figured that robot was... Well, I th- it's, up for, it's up for interpretation, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I thought. I thought, like, oh, maybe that's a sneaky <laughs> thing. But, like, I mean, we all know. <laughs> we all know that they're one and the same. Yeah. They're one and the same. That's why, like, when Robot pops up to bug the Mauler twins about jumping ahead here, I know, but to yeah. pop up on them, you know, you're like, why would he need these cloney guys? Yeah, why would no, he need exactly. the clone dudes? Maybe because he wants to clone himself, because he's actually the guy in the fucking jar. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that we see happening on Earth is, I don't remember that villain's name, it was oh, long and goofy. Omnipotus. Yeah, Omnipotus or something. Omnipotus. Something like that. I think it's Omnipotus. Uh, but we see we see this like super like Galactus level villain. Yeah, he's like a reality bending like super demon. Intergalactic yeah, fucking gore, I don't know. We see him fighting all of the heroes that were left on Earth, basically. I do love that too, because this was Kirkman's opportunity to go, I'm gonna take every character that's ever touched my universe and they're all showing up for what would be yeah. like a like a DC crisis. Except Savage Dragon. Yeah, he's not there. We don't see Savage Dragon. Uh, we don't see Super Patriot or yeah. any of the other pre-existing image yeah, characters. We don't see Spawn. Because those books, those books no longer exist at that point. Really? Except maybe Savage Dragon. But like Maximum Force or whatever the fuck. Freak Force. Oh, yeah? 
That was done. Yeah, Super Patriot was on Freeforce. I'm pretty sure it's done by then. Because Freeforce was like in the 90s when like Savage Dragon was like big. That's the thing too, because I know Savage Dragon shows up later in the comics. Like he definitely keeps popping up because he's, yeah. he's like one of Image Comics' like famous characters. The so expanded like, roster of like yeah. books connected to his world is it's okay. He was probably done. like in his city directing traffic like a good officer yeah. doing his beat. He's a cop. Yeah, he's a, he's a, exactly he's a cop. There is a point that I want to make at this point though. They're standing around, um, like, like getting beat up by this guy. Yeah. And there's a dude who I'm like, a hundred percent sure I thought was Black Samson. And then it's not Black Samson, but he's wearing like the costume that Black Samson was wearing before. It's like he's got like a cape and he's wearing like a gray and black suit. Oh, okay. Um, I guess. Anyways. The most notable thing about this is that Black Samson returns to form. It's true. He appears. He's like, I feel badass again, even though I don't think he's ever shown with powers in the book until this point. Anyway, yeah, we only know Black Samson as a character who doesn't have, yeah, as a character who doesn't have powers. Yeah, as the guy who's like, oh, he's kind of out. Which, like, it's cool that he appears. He's like, I have Black Samson. Yeah, and, and it's dope. Like, he's super powerful. Yep. Like, that was so cool. I love that part. Yeah, you know. He just, like, shoves him back into the fucking hole. I would say that, like, my favorite... Like, it's cool that he shows up doing me wrong. It's great. But, like, we get to see Brit front and yeah. center. This we is the see... first time that we see, like, Brit, like, talk and interact with people. Yeah. We get to yeah. see Tech Jacket and Eve, t- like, have a conversation. Yeah. Which is cool. And it's like, Tech Jacket is... I don't know. He's in there as one of my weird little favorites. Because he's a character that I think... He's one of Kirkman's favorite characters that never got off the ground. Yeah, and like he uh, he always puts them in some of the other books, and like Tech Jack, it's kind of like, I think he's almost sort of like Mark Grayson prototype. That's fair. Like he's kind of like here's this sort of like young Spider-Manish kind of dude. Like basically, if 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 Mark Grayson's kind of like Spider-Man and Superman in the same character, I'd say that Tech Jack, it's kind of like if Spider-Man and Iron Man were the same guy. <laughs> he's just got this like armor that he doesn't quote, totally understands, but he's sort of like really naive and wet behind the ears. Yeah, no, that's fair. I would say, like... He's, like, less less fleshed out Mark Grace. Similar to, like, Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle. Yeah, or Biobooster Armor Guyver, which usurps yeah. all these things. Sure. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. We, ever t- we talk about Tech Jacket, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about Guyver, and it's gonna piss you off. Just what? <laughs> it's, like, it's just gonna confuse me. Yeah, you're like, what is this? And like, is. This was the power armor character of Jap- Japanese animation in the 80s <laughs> that Iron Man was based off of. Where I got the inspiration from, and I'm pretty sure where Kirkman mm-hmm. got the inspiration for Tech Jacket from. You sure about that? Oh yeah, because Iron Man was in the '60s. 60s. Yeah. This was the '80s, so no, Iron Man was first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I would say that Tech Jacket definitely borrows from Guyver. I was knowing what I know of Guyver from you. Yeah, I would say like visually for sure. Thing is too, like I don't, know, I don't get into tech check and shit all of a sudden. But like, even uh, their we will. <laughs> even their introduction of like how they get the armor is similar from like in the Guyver yeah. book as it is for tech jacket. We'll, they uh, even look we'll talk about that. I'm sure yeah. we'll do an episode on Guyver. We're doing a power we're armor on, episode, uh, and we're gonna talk about rather. fucking power armor. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get to see a bunch of like yeah, Kirkman's characters. Yeah, we get to see a bunch of like the auxiliary heroes like interact with each other, which is super cool. Um, and of course, they end up working the day. Um, yeah. And then it jumps back to uh, Mark in space with his dad. And lo and behold, while they're talking and he's like, Nolan's like, 
Mark, we have to get ready because there are definitely Vulture Mites on their, work, on their way here to like fuck me up, but they'll probably be weaker, so like we might stand a chance, and then three Vulture Mites show up. <laughs> yeah. I think that's another thing I like too, is like, I remember when I was reading this the first time, I went like, oh man, like, am I gonna have to like wait for like another like a book or two before the Vulture Mites show up on this fucking bug planet? Like, how long is Mark gonna be here? And I was like, oh man, but like, you know, he just cuts to the next fucking issue. They're fucking there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because in my head, I, yeah, I went Dragon Ball Z on this and was like, ah, oh, man, like, oh, I gotta wait like 20 episodes for this shit yeah. to go down. You can tell when it's the end of an issue because it's usually a full page, yep. like, splash. That is a Kirkman staple. Yeah. Um, he tends to usually have like a full spread of the character in detail saying something, and usually that's like, that's the yeah. ending. Or it's a dramatic scene. Like, yeah, I think the one. ending, the dramatic scene is like the three Vulturemites like hovering at various like distances and heights and stuff. Yeah. But like with destruction and devastation around them. Yeah. yeah. It's like in Walking Dead it's the same way too. Usually yeah. you get like a zoom in of like a character and you're like, oh shit. You know, it's like, I believe in Rick Grimes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, speaking of Dragon Ball Z though, this kind of made me think that they might have a hierarchy based on power levels and stuff. Kind of like well, like the Saiyans. Like the Saiyans, yeah. <laughs> well, like, did you did you grow up watching Dragon Ball? Not at all. Oh man, I watched that shit religiously. Like, I have like, seen it was like a soap opera. Two episodes. I have seen all of it twice. Yeah. And that's why, like, the Viltrumites and the Saiyans, like, Kirkman has to be, in, he has got to be basing them off the Saiyans, at least in in homage at this point, because yeah. like some of it is directly ripped out of like Saiyan mythology. Yeah. No, that's like, fair. Like it's like there's no way he didn't in his lifespan not fucking come across Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah. Like he must have been like, okay, people are gonna know what I'm doing here. Yeah. No, Cause, exactly. Because they're like Kryptonian Saiyan people, they're like super elite space conquerors. Yeah. You know, anyway. <laughs> but yeah. But no, like I, I wonder, like they don't really go into detail about the power levels and stuff. So I wonder if that's something that's actually applicable. Well, yeah, because like in this issue, they they touch on the fact that like you have to push your body as a Viltrumite, or else you're not going to get stronger. And like Mark has never had to push himself; he's yeah. never been matched. That was that was going to be my next point. Is that oh, okay? Sorry. <laughs> in, in this, no, no, it's a great segue. In this issue, it's the first time that we see him winded. Yeah, yeah, he's actually like, he's you know, like everything on Earth has been kind of a cakewalk. He's been able to be confident and take his time because nothing on Earth can really knock him back, and nothing on Earth can kill him. I think he's kind of quietly learned that. Is that he can yeah. get people killed, but nothing on Earth can really kill him right now. Yeah. No, that's fair. You know, and so this is the first time he's come across something that can legitimately kill him. Yeah. And, you know? like, his, like, his dad, like, realizes that and tells him that, too. He's and, like, he tasks ready. him. Yeah, <laughs> well, he tasks him, like, primarily with just getting his brother, or his half-brother, and, I yeah. guess, stepmom? <laughs> yeah. Um, away, yeah. and, like, to safety. And, like, that's his job. Weird family. For the whole yeah. thing. Like, for that whole, like, interaction, that's yeah. supposed to be his job. Nolan ends up saving him and stuff, but, like, during it, he's having such a hard time getting away from the Vulturemite that's chasing them. Yeah. And then he, like, suddenly runs out of breath and is like, holy shit, like, I am exhausted. I've never had to push myself this far. And then that's when, and, like, he's tearfully telling her, like, he's gonna grab us, like, I don't know what's about to happen. And then Nolan saves them, but then Nolan chastises him, too. He's like... You haven't been pushing yourself on Earth at all. Like, you've kind of plateaued. You have to, like, at least once in a while, you have to do something that pushes you. Even if, like, it's dangerous or something, like, you have to try. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, I think this is, like, a really good way to tie it back into our ongoing theory of his privilege. Yep. Um, He's a privileged hero. He is super... Um, it's made very evident, again, 
that he is privileged with these massive powers yeah. that he can be the strongest thing on Earth and still be like a baseline Vulture Knight. Oh, exactly, right? Like he says, you gotta respect your, you have to respect your power. Yeah. yeah which means like it's something he has to work at. He has to like grow with it, right? Because he can't just, he just, he can't just assume he's like, okay, I got this covered. You know, because like on Earth, yeah, he's the toughest thing, but in space, he's gonna get his ass handed to him. Yeah. You know? Yep. And yeah, it, it is. I think Invincible really is a measure of what it's what it's like to be a privileged superhero. Yeah. You know, because he is, he's, he's got that Superboy treatment, you know. And we, this is something that we've talked about and something that I'll talk about again this episode is that he is super privileged. Yeah. Um, in his powers, like not in his mindset and stuff like that, but his powers, he is a very privileged person. Yeah. Um, so while this is happening, he cuts back to Earth. Um, and we see this really neat new dynamic between the Mauler twins. Yeah. Where one of them's got the fucking burnt face because yeah. he was surviving an explosion. So they can. Now they finally can tell which one's the real clone or which one's the clone and which one's the real one. Yeah. And which I love. Like, I thought that was a great dynamic. I thought it was cool, but it shows how much it, like, just ruins their. Like, they don't get any work done. Yeah. Like, they need to, like, they clearly both need to see each other as equals in order to get things done. And if one has more, like, a hierarchy over the other, then it just becomes a power trip. Yeah, which uh, which the apparent clone tells the new clone after he murders <laughs> the bird face guy. Yeah, he's like, you had to go, because you, you look like shit. Yeah, <laughs> so like, now the two of them, and, like, they have that brief moment of debate, and then they're like, actually, our dynamic is still the same, because I'm trying to prove that I'm the original clone, which is better than a clone of a clone. Yeah. Oh, thing which I, I thought was hilarious. Think, I love it. Yeah, the thing I realized too is I remember when I first reading Invincible, I went like these Mauler twins. Like I don't fucking understand these guys. Like I don't get it. And now I realize these guys are the quintessential bad guy. Yeah. Like this is Kirkman's like run on. Like these are his like his just his villain characters. He gets to keep writing fun little stories about. Like these are these are the quintessential bad guys of the book. Yeah. Like they're just there. They're they're meant to fill that role of like hey we're um we're super villains. Yeah. <laughs> Technically. Yeah. I mean, they serve purposes. For yeah, the thing, but like, they're yeah, eventually, they're he's reoccurring like, nemesis for it's a like lot the of Lex Luthor. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and like, I, I don't know. I like the Mauler twins. I got a soft spot for them now. I got a the Mauler twins are great. Yeah. <coughs> Holy shit! <clears throat> I'm not cutting that out. I sneezed. Yeah, it's my superpower. I edit. <laughs> not this. Yeah. No. Yeah, and I guess not this one. Fuck you. Yeah. Another um, thing too I like about this book though is that like and again I know Invincible really like likes to talk about family and like you know, the thing with with Deborah being an alcoholic and drinking away her feelings and they're like this is it's also handled really well in this book but then when like when Mark meets up with his dad on the planet you know you get to see some very very real uh, human sort of I, I don't know emotions in display here being written well by Kirkman about like kind of what it's like to have to deal with responsibility amongst having a toxic family dynamic. You yeah, know? and like they really gets that right. You know, Kirkman has Kirkman's always wrote family dynamics, especially dysfunctional ones, really well. Especially in like books like Outcast, books like The Thieves, which whatever, take it or leave it. You know, like books like The Walking Dead, specifically more than anything else, because that book's about humans, about human emotion. You know, and in yeah. this, when he writes family dynamics, he does them very well. You know, and like I said, especially dysfunctional ones. And here he's trying to show, like, you know, Mark has a lot of responsibility, but his, like, this would be a, this would be a heavy plate yeah. to deal with if you came across this. I'd be like, fuck, like, I don't want to do this. This blows, you know? Yeah. Well, especially, like, from his anger towards his dad, too. Sorry, like, is that sort of a different anger that he has towards him, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. Um, the book from here on out is, like, the rest of this volume from when it cuts back to Mark and Nolan is 
just like the again like we keep saying this about every new fight but like this is like the most graphic fight we see yep um, and it's just these get progressively drag out fight between the Ultramites. oh yeah like it's gory like there's at one point you see a guy like carrying his entrails and I'm like holy fuck yeah he's holding it in while he fights and I'm like that's fucked yeah and that's the thing like every every fight in Invincible gets more and more brutal to the point where this is a gory book you yeah. know which is like it's, it looks like a family book and then you see a guy who's fucking stomach ripped out and you're like holy shit yeah and in this fight more than any other fight Mark is horribly outmatched oh yeah he is like outgunned here like it's a little it's like without Nolan he wouldn't even like survived it yeah know? he definitely would have died without Nolan but he doesn't go without a fight. Like, yep. That's for sure. Yeah. He definitely makes a name. Like he makes a stand for himself. Yeah. Enough so that when the dust is settled and everybody is knocked out, mm-hmm. and the Voltramites show up to like clean up, they heal. Like they they fix him up. Yeah. And they're like, you know, you're strong enough. You showed. I like you're that, strong but... enough that you're a Voltramite. Um, so you're in charge of Earth now. You're Voltramite's agent. You're Voltramite's yeah. agent on Earth. I like so, these. As far as we're concerned, you've proven yourself as a superior Ultramite in battle. You have a hundred years to get Earth in shape. Yeah. And he's like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he basically like, oh, becomes his dad. Right. Yeah, he's like, you're taking Nolan's role and we're probably going to kill your dad, so fuck you. Yeah. He's like, whew. Well, they take his dad, too. At I that get, point. Yeah, I could also hand it to Ryan Otley because, like, this is... Like, Kirkman gets his writing rhythm down in this one. Like, he really gets the pacing of the Invincible story well. As well as, like, the fight scenes are very well detailed. Like, yeah. Otley gets the pacing down for that, too. Like, this is the f- one of the first times where, like, as I was reading these fight like these fight scenes, I was, like, seeing it play out in my head with synergy. And I was like, okay, this yeah. is where they got it right. This is where Otley and Kirkman are just, like... They're basically just making jazz. Now. This would be a very different book if uh, Walker was doing these fight scenes. Yeah, like, like nobody does a fight scene like Ollie. Nobody. Yeah, his spreads are fucking badass. And, like yeah. you see the entire Guardians of the Globe and an extended Invincible Universe characters fighting off that Omnipotent, whatever. Fight. Yeah, Omnipotus. Like I started to jump back, but like that fight is really cool. <laughs> that I mean, fight is really good. This, the backgrounds on these pages on this alien world are fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, especially like especially the ones after the fight of like Mark rebuilding mm-hmm. like that's so cool like some of those are so well drawn yeah. and so detailed mm-hmm. and I, mean, I gotta admit it too I mean it's, it's nice that this was a show don't tell book where like I like the last volume was so much reading it was like yeah. just so much dialogue and it was frustrating to the point where it was like fuck just fucking show me this shit I don't need to read this all again you know where this was like there's a lot of show me yeah and it was great you know, you could see a lot of the artwork doing the, you know, doing the work for you, showing you the story. So I like that a lot. Yeah, and that's like, it's kind of what it's for, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the last like little bit of this book, I think we can riff through pretty quickly because it's just yeah. Mark spends a month helping rebuild the planet because he yep. feels so guilty about it. Which I'm sitting there like, dude, go fucking home. Yeah, like, it's gonna take you a week to get home. Go home. It's You've true. been gone for a week and for a month and a half at this point. Go home. And it's like it's like a whole age for these folks too. Like they when like Queen and I forget her name, but like the Bug Queen, she's like, Mark, you need to like get off my planet. Yeah, and she's like, I've aged since you have been here, and like you need to leave noticeably. Yeah, like she's noticeably aged. But when he leaves, she's also like, hey. Take your brother with you. Yeah, he's like, by the time he's even talking, like, I'll be on, like, my fourth or fifth generation of my children. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah he needs to go to Earth. Yeah, even yeah. though he is bright purple. Yep, which is okay because this introduces, like, one of my favorite characters in this book, so 
Because, like, this this little baby is not just, like, a fun little arc. It's, like, this is a, a character that becomes a major character in this book. Yeah. And it's, like, it's cool. Like, and you, you're going to see it sooner than later because he is aging rapidly. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of neat. And, like, compared to the insect people that he's part of... Yeah. Um, his aging is slow compared to theirs, but fast compared to ours. Yeah, so he's a kind of a weird anomaly. Yeah, yeah like, even in the month that he's there, he's, like, grown... Like from like a newborn to like a toddler, yeah. Um, but that's still way too slow for that species. It's true. Um, so he takes her. He takes the baby home with him. Mm-hmm. Takes his brother with him. And he's like, "All right, well, we got a little guy now." And then that's asking a lot of Debbie. Yeah, because like when he appears, Mark's just like, "Hey, like you, you think you could raise this guy?" And he's like, "What?" Or she's like, "Um." Oh yeah, I'm mulling over some stuff fast. It's like we get back to Earth. Debbie's got her real estate license. And like she's a working, she's a working lady. You know what yeah. I mean. She feels some purpose, and she's like on the phone with Eve, and she's you know she's like oh, talking. You know, all of a sudden Mark's just there. He's yeah. like, holy fuck, you've been gone like two months. This yeah. is nuts. He's like, I got a baby. I saw dad. It's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, but then he fills her in. Um, and then now thankfully then, Debbie has another drinking episode though, where like yeah. she talks about they talk about Nolan, and then she just kind of goes to crack a bottle. Yeah, but. But luckily, while they're doing that, Cecil is listening. Yeah. He's back in range. So they don't have to do that again. But when he goes to talk to Cecil about it, Cecil, um, he makes, again, he makes a good point about omnipotence and how, like, that was something they almost didn't come back from. Yeah, they like took we, everybody. It took we almost didn't win that one, Mark. Um, and it's right, like, it, that's the good point to make. But then he kind of, like, he fumbles it by mentioning the pay aspect of it. Yeah, he's like, I pay like, you. you had to know going into that that Mark was not going to react well to that. It's funny, too, because, like, you get to see some of that Voltramite rage come out, too, where, like, Voltramites get impulsive. Like, they don't like being told what to do. Yeah. You can see that he's starting to mature in his powers and also mature in his mentality of, like, you could see that there was a version of Mark that, like, clearly went with his dad at one point. Like, like you can see that, like, there was there's potential in Mark to be the Viltrumite that his dad thinks he is sometimes. When he's, yeah. like, when he's sitting there going, like, you know, you pay me because I let you pay me. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like, I do what I do because I do what I think is right. And if you agree with that, great. But I'm still going to make my own fucking choices. And, like, it's kind of, he gets a little bit like, I'm like, he goes almost to the point of saying, I'm the strongest thing on this fucking planet. If I felt like switching sides, I could just do it. And there's not much you could do about it. But he doesn't go there. But you can tell Mark's getting a little bit like, hey, man, like, I kind of control you. You know? Which yeah. means, like, he just, he just spent a vacation with his dad. Getting some Viltrumite law like really drilled into him and Viltrumite societal stuff, and so he's probably thinking a little bit like, you know what, my race is kind of badass, and maybe you should sit the fuck down, old man. Yeah. You know, and like you can tell when he flies off to be like, I'm gonna go see my friends. I got a couple stops to make. You know how to get a hold of me, and, and Cecil's just sitting there, yeah. and you can tell his breath is probably like, you little fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's just pissed because he told him. He told him what was up. Yeah. Well, not only that, yeah. like Mark is Mark is also mad because like the whole point of him going off planet was to help these people because he felt that was the right thing to do yeah. and he's like you didn't pay me for this nobody paid me for this this was what I wanted to do and that sets him apart from other Vultramites in a lot of ways because he's like no like I'm doing what I feel is right yeah um, but yeah that's that's kind of where the book ends is like Pretty him much. flying off he goes and he talks to Amber a little bit and he talks to Will and I gotta say that's oh, the Will. weirdest this Ugh. is my only this like you talk about an awkwardly written scene where Cecil gets slapped by Debbie talk about the fucking weirdest dialogue exchange when they make more gay jokes yeah they're like oh looks like you got a little gay he's like oh you're the gay one he's like no actually you're the fucking gay one giggity giggity gay and I'm like there's like a whole half a page of just gay jokes I'm like Kirkman what are you doing 
Yeah, and also it makes no sense to me. Also, their friend has been missing for like three over, months. Yeah, for like three months at this point, and yeah. like and they're just like huh, Will just, William just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, like there's other superheroes you could call. Yeah, you could report him being missing to like I don't know the the not, not the other Darkwing. <laughs> it's, because, <laughs> it's because they did something, and I don't know if we mentioned it. I can't remember if it was in this volume or the last one, but they did something when they were talking about Rick. That kind of upset me a little bit. They just played it off that he was our runaway anyway. Yeah. So yeah. he probably just ran off again, and I'm like, fuck you guys. Yeah, they're kind of just like, this is the wrong attitude. Like, I know they're supposed to try to introduce, like, DA Sinclair, but, like, they're really taking a while to do it. For yeah. when I remember the payoff for when you see the reanimator and you see him, this it doesn't pay off the same way later on. Yeah. Where like he kind of gets introduced and then well I'm not gonna jump the gun but like it's sort of like there's a there's a long I know what you mean. there's a long structure to bring in Da Sinclair and the Reanimator and I'm like I never rem- I forgot it takes this long to get there. You know I kind of thought it was more of a one and done but then I realized Da Sinclair is like kind of a bit of a major supporting character as the book goes forward. So. Yeah. So, I, I mean, so I guess you can figure that out. But like, I agree with you. It's a lot of setup for not tons of payoff. Yeah, like when I think back to Invincible arcs that were memorable, Da Sinclair's Reanimator is not a big part for me. That's why they. <laughs> that's why they tear through it in like half an episode in the like, show. In the yeah. show, yeah. And then Kirkman realized it too. He's like, this isn't as important as I thought it was when I was writing it. So let's make this a little like let's just wrap that up nice and conveniently and get to the good part. You know. Yeah. That said, I know like D.A. Sinclair and the Reanimator is a huge Reanimator reference, which like props to Kirkman. That's fucking yeah. cool, and I like that a lot. Even so. visually. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like it's meant to be like this is like superhero Reanimator. Yeah, I like love this it. is kind of cool. I'm like that's not that's pretty badass. Yeah. I like that shit. But yeah, that's that's kind of where the book ends. Is uh, he goes and talks to Will? They make some gay jokes. Yep. And they he, find out their friend's been missing for like two months, and nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. And then he goes and talks to Amber, and the writing is on the wall there. I do appreciate this too because like this is a funny thing that Kirkman's doing, where like sometimes when you start dating somebody, and like you you can you can love them as much as you want, and you could like them that you know, but if you're if you're just leading different lives. It's very yeah. hard to keep that relationship going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and this is a situation where Mark's like, maybe dating someone that doesn't isn't of the lifestyle isn't going to work out for me. Yeah, you know. And I think Amber realizes make a that letter. too because like she had a really hard time with him being on that long. Yeah, you know, and, and that's a regular thing. Yeah, so he that's may just that can happen. He may be off world sometimes for what could be even a year. Yeah, you know, and like he said, like that happens. That used to happen with my dad all the time, and you know, Mom yeah. kind of just dealt with it. Exactly, right? And she's kind of like, that kind of sucks. Like, she'd rather have a life. And I think he would rather not have the responsibility of that. And you can kind of, like, see it when she's, like, they're hugging it out and she's so happy to see him. And like, they're clearly going to cuddle and have a good night. And you can just see this hesitancy on his face. Yeah. Where he's like, fuck. Yeah. Like, we've all, I, like, I've been there where, like, I can tell that, like, I'm going to, I'm probably going to end up breaking up with this person. Yeah. And, like, I just hate that I know it in my gut. I'm like, oh, this guy. He's just waiting to pull that trigger. Yeah, yeah. and you can tell us with Mark in this. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm probably going to end up having a dumper. This is this sucks. Yeah. Like this, I Which, I mean, like, I feel for him, but at the same time, like, that's a lot to ask. It's true, right? I mean, you know? like, she, like, she was torn apart by the fact that he had to go. Yeah, and that's, yeah. like, his high school girlfriend. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to wait two months for this dude. Like, I don't blame her. She's young in college. Like, she wants yeah. to go have fun. And she wants a boyfriend there with her. Yeah, and like this book is always up to this point one of the constant like themes, even with Deborah like making friends with Super Patriot's wife, is that like when you're married to a superhero, when you when you're in a serious relationship with a superhero, it is not a normal life. 
No. You know, it's it's akin to like dating a celebrity or something like that, where like they're always on set somewhere, they're always overseas on like on location somewhere. They got to get called in to do reshoots, and you got to just deal. Or like a political official, same idea. They may just get called in. Yep. You know, or like a or a cop or a fireman, whatever. I'm, I'm reaching. You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes no, the, the a lot job. To ask, and like she's young, she doesn't want to have to put up with that. And it's fair. Like Deborah's a little different. They got married. Like it, yeah. it was what it was. They were high school, like, Mark and Amber were high school boyfriend-girlfriend who went on to college and are at different colleges, first of all, so it's a distance thing to begin with. I forgot about that, too, because Plus, like, yeah. cause Principal Winslow shows up and he's like, I'm the dean now, for continuity's sake, because I don't want to read yeah. it I was like, that's kind of fucking funny. But yeah, but no, yeah. so, like, that's... That's it. That's the issue. Yeah, that's... That's the volume. Then, I gotta say, this was a great volume of Invincible. This yeah. is, like, I don't know... It's fun. I had a good time reading yeah, this. Yeah, this was a this is one of the better volumes, but like, I think it's because it's a lot of it's a lot more combat than we're used to, and yeah, the the stories are fast paced, and yeah, I mean it's it's a good it's a good invincible volume. Yeah, so. I think this is also like this is where it starts to get to the parts of invincible that are like my favorite arcs. Where like yeah. shit starts to get really the ball gets rolling. Like there's like a new the stakes have now been set even higher. Now it's yeah. not just what happened to Nolan. It's like there's some shit going on. Like you know there's a couple more balls on like, you know turning. So yeah, no exactly. Yeah. So uh, I give this um, uh, eleven out of eleven uh, dead Viltrumites. <laughs> and uh, I give this 138. Four tech jackets out of five. Yeah, four four tech jackets out of 17. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a great one. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, big thumbs up for the Guardians of the Globe. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> join us next week for uh, Volume 7, Ooh. Three's Company. Three's Company. i got to write this time. got to write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, guys. Bye-bye. Oh, still going. Tune in next week, true believers.